Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. 2022 has been quite the year so far. The world population in 8 billion people, while inflation concerns and market uncertainty overshadow the progress made in Web3 application and community development. The second largest layer one blockchain protocol, Ethereum, successfully underwent a massive technology upgrade this year called the merge. The milestone signifies the change of Ethereum's consensus mechanism from proof of work to proof of stake. This essentially makes it environmentally more friendly compared to Bitcoin, although proof of work has its own valuable attributes that I won't get into here. Oh, and if you're wondering what about the crazy situation going on with FTX and Alameda Research, well, you'll need to listen to the mid-roll news corner for my thoughts on the root causes, downstream effects, and how to stay safe in the wild world of crypto. You can also check out the show notes for the news corner brief. I guess my point is, is that innovation is flourishing and this crypto bear market is putting a lot of pressure on builders of the future. Out of this period of consolidation and experimentation, we'll see amazing new decentralized operating models for healthcare, clinical trials, and data equity. In Japan, Web3 innovation is also flourishing as our guest Shinya Yamamoto explains. His background in chemistry, biology, and sociology has led him to research innovation technology and science policy. In addition to teaching, he runs a startup accelerator where they help founders develop their technology businesses. We discuss the state of Web3 entrepreneurship in Japan. If you are enjoying the show, consider supporting us by subscribing to our Supercast membership community. For $5 a month, you can be a Health Unchained believer and help me create more content for the community. Thank you to all my current subscribers. Your generosity and interest in the show is so incredibly appreciated. Thank you. Remember, the Health Unchained podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and we're not providing any sort of legal, financial, or medical advice. Please do your own research and due diligence before making any important decisions related to these matters. And now, let's get to the show. Hi, I'm your host, Ray Dogan, and welcome to Health Unchained. On this show, I'll be speaking with healthcare entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and executives who are using blockchain technologies to revolutionize healthcare. These innovators are building the distributed infrastructure and diverse communities required for a trusted, secure, and decentralized healthcare ecosystem. Enjoy the show. What is blockchain? What is blockchain? What is blockchain? The doctor will see you now. Welcome to the Health Unchained podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Shinya Yamamoto, who is a serial entrepreneur, a clinical research innovation professor, and founder of Lincoln Innovation Incorporated, which actually focuses on helping entrepreneurs reach their potential. We'll be talking about DAOs for business incubation, decentralized clinical trials, and the state of Japan's Web3 ecosystem. Dr. Yamamoto, welcome to the show. Hi, Lei. Thanks so much for your kind introduction. My name is Shinya Yamamoto from Tokyo, Japan. I'm really excited to discuss with you today. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I think it's always good to get a global perspective on the show because really listeners are coming from all over the world. So before we get started into some of my questions, I would just like you to give the audience a background of your career so far and just from where you started and what you're doing now. Thanks so much for your time today, Ray. And uh, so my name is Shinya Yamamoto. My educational background is chemistry for bachelor degree and the molecular biology for master degree. 
and also PhD in management and innovation technology. So I have been working for the biopharmaceutical industry more than 20 years based in Japan. Also have been working for the global biopharmaceutical companies and the clinical research organization as well for the clinical development field. We are required to implement the cutting-edge technology to improve our clinical development process or data analysis. I actually founded my company, Lincoln Innovation, five years ago when I left global big biopharmaceutical-related company. Then currently, I've been focusing on the curation of such cutting-edge technology from each country from outside of Japan and then distribution to the Asia-Pacific region, including the Japan market. This would be a really important activity to fill in the gap between global market and the Asian market, actually. Then also, I am currently assigned as a visiting professor of one medical school and then another two business school in Tokyo. Also, I have a class for the educational activities I have been researching about science for innovation. Then uh, have been collaborating or working with the Japanese government as well, how we can implement cutting-edge technology and then how we can improve our social system or social ecosystem throughout to the new era. I have been working throughout the industry, academic fields, and also a government. Yeah, I appreciate that. So what drove you to become a leader in the innovation space for business and clinical trials, clinical research? This is not only for the clinical research, but I am really interested in the innovation field as a leadership because we are now on the turning point of the big change management timing not only for the company, but also the government system and also the academic ecosystem as well. So this is really excited field for me to work or to focus with other innovators or entrepreneurs. For sure. I know that you've been in your research looking at cutting edge technologies. One is including blockchain technology. I'm wondering, when did you first hear about blockchain? I probably heard about blockchain maybe some years ago. At that time, I was not familiar with blockchain. Now I do business related to blockchain or NFT or digital identity, economy, etc. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit. I'm just curious about your company. It's not a new company. It's actually been around for, you said, five years, Link and Innovation. It's located in Tokyo, Japan. Then this is 100% my own company, uh, kind of like private equity funds. I don't hire anyone. This is totally related to part of my big for the DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Before COVID-19 situation, I saw that uh, in the future, the big organization is not effective anymore in the future. Then I only do curation of the te- new technology or science, and then I can connect such technology or science to the market, maybe a niche market, for example, in the biopharmaceutical industry. This is only myself can do this in Japan or in an Asian market. 
Then、uh, I get stock option, for example, from each technology startup company. For example, in United States or European countries or in China mainland or et cetera, I contribute my knowledge or experience to the startup company, to their IPO. So my current portfolio has about more than 10 startup companies in globally. So such portfolio is quite similar to the private equity fund from my perspective. So this is new type of, I think, work creation or business model, I believe. You're not providing funding to these startups. You're providing your expertise and advisement in exchange for shares or tokens or some sort of equity with the company. I don't invest any capital, actually. You invest your knowledge capital, right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for explaining Link and innovation. There was another thing I think I saw you were involved in. It's called the ICT Cube Tokyo. It's an innovation cafe. Okay. It's called the Dict Cube Talk. It stands for design, innovation, co creation, technology. Those keywords are really important for my current activities to work with innovators or entrepreneurs. So, Dict Cube Tokyo just founded in last March. 2022. So it's been around seven or eight months already as my business incubation. I have a small building in the Yoyogi area in Tokyo, close to the Shibuya. So this small building has a fourth floor. A first floor is a cafe or a bar with an event space. And then second floor is a event space with a huge LED visions. It's like digital signage. And then third floor has YouTube and such podcasting recording studio. And also fourth floor is a co-working space with innovators. So such new type of business incubation I have been managing since last March. And now I have lots of followers and the members of my community. So where are you finding these entrepreneurs? Are they mainly from Japan? Or you said they're from all around the world. So there's English speaking sort of Communities there in Tokyo in your cafe? Yes. My business incubation has a lot of innovators or entrepreneurs, but mainly Japanese people. Okay. But some of the people from outside of Japan, based in Tokyo, they currently started to found lots of startup companies in Japan. So I have already started to collaborate with them as well. But differentiation between such entrepreneurs from my perspectives are Japanese entrepreneurs only focus on the Japan market, but other focuses on, of course, global market when they started the business. So this is, I think, a big differentiation from my perspective. Let's talk about some of your business leadership experience and you've worked with so many entrepreneurs. How has your experience in research helped you in your business leadership? My business research is actually focusing on the like networking science and、uh, how to say that simulation by using a mathematical modeling, how we can adapt or improve our economy or social environment or, of course, corporate management, et cetera, et cetera. So from such experience, I can see the innovation as a Mathematical probability. This is like evolution. No one knows which company or startup or people will be, I think, a successful model. 
the important point from research perspective is how we can create such environment or platform or portfolio to enable our challenge as high as possible probability. This is, I think, very much helpful for my as a leadership. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about your involvement in DAOs and Web3 and just learning more about blockchain. So in terms of healthcare, what use cases do you think has the most traction so far? What Web3 use case? Yeah. Good question. So Web3 use case in healthcare industry, especially in my field, clinical research development field, we have just started such case or approach since 2014 or 15, around that, just seven or eight years ago. So we have been doing clinical trial, of course, with hospitals, real hospitals, and then all medical doctors or nurses or medical people uh, belongs to such hospital physically. However, we have currently SaaS platform like Uber for the taxi business model. Then we call decentralized clinical trial currently, but such decentralized clinical trial, DCT, enables to change our clinical trial operation like Uber model. Theoretically, we don't need real hospital anymore for some indication of a therapeutic area because such SaaS platform can be virtual hospital to be connected the medical doctor or nurse via the application in their smart devices or laptop like Uber. But I would argue that doesn't really need any blockchain or DLT. So this is which Web3 use cases in healthcare have the most traction. So decentralized clinical trials, you're right. It's like software as a service company that can help researchers or investigators help them to run trials where the individual patients don't really have to go to a hospital necessarily. They can do it from their home or maybe their local clinic, but they don't necessarily need Web3 or blockchain to facilitate decentralized clinical trials in the way that we're speaking, the remote trials. I see. So that in the near future, we would need blockchain technology for such a data transaction to ensure the patients by using digital identity or something like that with a blockchain technology. But as of today, we don't have such technology trend with a blockchain in globally. But of course, some of the technology startups have started already blockchain technology to be implemented into a clinical development operation. Right. Yeah. There are definitely startups trying to work on those use cases. And and you mentioned identity. That's a huge part of Web3, digital identity, self-sovereign identity. Do you want to discuss more about what you've seen in your research on how the development of decentralized identity is going? Digital identity for the clinical trials. So I am currently thinking that when we have informed the consent remotely, we call e-consent. Medical doctors, of course, have such Zoom call with a patient from their home, right? In that case, no one knows this patient is someone who has such an indication. In that case, probably digital identity is, would be a very much effective for our operation. But we don't have such technology right now. So you're looking forward to that. You're tracking the trends for identity and blockchain. Yes, I have currently 
founded one startup company to work with uh, entrepreneurs from Canada, Ottawa, and the Toronto, and also Silicon Valley, San Jose, and then Taipei from Taiwan. I have been, uh, we have been currently developing uh, such digital identity. I have a question about DAOs, and I'm wondering why you think DAOs are so important for the future of work organization. So this is a good question as well. I believe that big organization is not efficient anymore in the future because of the uncertainty of our world or economic system or business market. In that case, we need to be more flexible, quick action or quick decision making or something like that. Big organization like Japanese, for example, company, it's really slow to make a decision or to change management. Of course, same as other global companies. So the DAO, decentralized autonomous organization, can be overcoming such difficult situation. I think the like management 3.0. I see. Do you think one day replace all larger companies and enterprises? Will all organizations become some sort of DAO or not anytime soon? I'm not sure as of today, but uh, they are, of course, important for the social ecosystem as one of the key players. However, for the innovation or research or under development focus, definitely DAO or startup companies are more efficient than big companies. So probably big company will be able to collaborate with such DAO community or maybe startup or association to work with for their future innovation, I believe. Do you have any strategies that can make a successful DAO? Like, Are there any strategies you would recommend to DAO builders? Yes, I do organize currently my DAO at the Dictocube Tokyo. Then one of my experience, I believe that for the successful DAO management, one of the key points would be, I think, how to say core management people is required. And then we need some people as a cabinet. So I do organize very less people as a cabinet function, actually. Then we have many members of our communities. Interesting. So from what I heard, you're saying that most DAOs, in order to be successful, they would need a core group of people to be in the front-facing activities. And then you'd have, like you said, you said cabinet members, like people that are part of members of the community of the DAO, but they're not in the core team and they're just doing some things once in a while. It's like a council. A council. In your opinion, what are the biggest barriers to blockchain adoption in healthcare? I see. It, well, it's probably regulation. One of the big barriers is the regulation. The healthcare industry is really required to comply to the regulation or law. So regulation is a big barrier. Yeah, I understand that. How would you describe the culture at Lincoln Innovation? Is everyone very open and transparent and wanting to help each other? Or is it like a competitive environment? Maybe not at Lincoln Innovation. I guess, yeah, your portfolio companies within Lincoln Innovation. Okay. So the my portfolio companies are very much started company, like since first year to fifth year, power to IPO. So very much transparent and a flexible organization, and then very much diversity. 
diverse from industry or science or technology background. This is one of the interests to work with them for me. Interesting. What else would you like to share about maybe DAOs or NFTs that you think is important in the healthcare industry that people don't really understand or they don't know about? Yes, it's a really important point. One of the difficulties of blockchain or NFT or yeah, token economy, etc., the capacity of the current market is much less than researcher or top engineer or scientist. We need to really make their mind how to let them know or let them understand exactly what blockchain or yeah, NFT so education is still a big thing. Yes, because when we discuss with, for example, our investor or our big boss at the big company, if they don't understand the big blockchain or NFT technically or as a architecture design, it's quite difficult to discuss for approval or maybe agreement. Sure. Are there any specific maybe ideas that help explain the concepts behind blockchain? maybe in the Japanese culture or Japanese business leaders? I am currently working with uh, creators who, or artists who, who can, you know, create, for example, movie or video shooting to visualize such concepts or technologies. So this is, I think, the best way to let them understand new technologies or concepts, I believe. So... Creators or artists are really important arms for me right now. Interesting. Yeah, there's mm. definitely a lot of creators and artists in the NFT ecosystem. Welcome to the Health and Chain News Corner. Terribly surprising news hit the crypto industry in November when rumors about the over-leveraged the Hama-based crypto exchange FTX were spreading Twitter. As more information about the company and its CEO Sam Bankman-Fried were released, it became apparent that FTX and its sister company Alameda Research had been using customer crypto funds to invest in other activities and assets, causing a potential liquidity crisis. On November 8, FTX halted its non-fiat customer withdrawals, which obviously sent its customers into a panic. After the $8 billion shortfall in its accounting, FTX was forced to file for bankruptcy. Crypto prices already hit the year's bearish outlook, dropped to its lowest prices we've seen in years. FTX was one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. It was trusted by large institutions, athletes like Tom Brady, and millions of customers. Sam Bankman-Fried was apparently the second largest donor to the Democratic Party, leading up to the midterm elections. Apparently, he also donated a relatively small amount to the Republican Party too, and that's 235k versus the 36 million to the Democrats. People are hurt. Life savings have been lost due to the lack of trust we still have for centralized exchanges. Sure, proof of reserves from exchanges will help increase financial transparency and ensure that custodians of crypto really have the money on a one-to-one -one ratio so users can withdraw whenever they want. We need to start looking more closely at decentralized exchanges that are open source and don't rely on trust in a company or individual people. It's going to take some time before the industry recovers from the FTX saga, which is still unfolding as this episode is published. There is so much to unpack in this story regarding regulatory shortcomings and systemic fraud in the venture capital markets. We'll feel the cascading effects of this crisis well into 2023. From this lesson, we should recognize the risks involved with blockchain and cryptocurrency. It is still new. It is still the wild, wild west when it comes to crypto. There are steps you can take to own your own bank without giving custody to exchanges. 
Sure, it's easier to leave everything on an exchange, but as we've seen many, many times, it's not safe. You need to get a cold storage wallet. Remember, not your keys, not your coins. We anticipate really novel hardware wallet or nodes that are designed specifically in healthcare settings. We don't want to risk having our health data compromised in a centrally governed cloud database. The most trusted hardware wallet on the market is Ledger. You can find an affiliate link to Ledger website on the show notes. Your purchases will also help support the show. If you're not sure which one you should get, reach out on the Health Unchained website, healthunchained.org, to contact us. Just make sure you don't buy one from a third-party seller. It may have been compromised. We hope you enjoyed this news corner. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a review on your Apple and Spotify. And now back to our show with Ray and guest Shinya Yamamoto. So that's another thing to consider, which you already know, of course. Do you have any favorite decentralized ledger technology projects you think are doing important work? Either DAOs, Web3 companies, NFT ecosystems, communities, even first level protocols that you think are important? I think a community with the token economy is my currently most favorite approach. Okay, so the idea of tokenomics. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I do manage started the uh, Dictocube Tokyo. Do you have a favorite book that you like to share with people? I like reading, but I'm not current book, but the zero two one, Peter Thiel. And uh, this is a business field. And then another book, this is my Bible, actually. What is life by Schrodinger, who is scientist a long time ago in uh, uh, European countries. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the singularity that's supposed to happen in 2045? Are you aware of that? I do. Currently, my vision, including artificial intelligence technology as well, with Chinese China mainland company. I do believe such singularity in 2045, probably artificial intelligence will be able to, I think, more than human beings, I believe, because... I have been seeing such AI technologies or machine learning progress five or 10 years ago. This is actually amazing. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe maybe anything will be able to happen. With AI. Very interesting. Mm, yeah. With AI. Mm. No one could predict it. It's a wild world for AI. I just have one final question, actually. It's kind of another fun question. And then maybe if you want to provide the audience with any final takeaways or any other information you want to share, feel free to do so. But my last Mm -hmm. question is, if you had to have a microchip implanted in your body, where would you want it to be implanted? (laughs) Interesting. So I would like to implement the microchip maybe in my brain, Mm. if it's possible, because I don't want to text or typing when I make a communication with someone. So if I think something, Maybe such microchip can be sending my message to the people, like telepathy. <laughs> that would be perfect. And then I ideally would like to collect real world data from my brain every day, every second. Interesting. I'm sure people are working on it. I know Neuralink with Elon Musk's company yeah. that they're working yeah. on a brain-computer interface system. So that'll be interesting to watch. Shinya, thank you so much for joining me today and, and you know discussing your experience, innovation, what you're working on in Tokyo. Yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end the conversation? 
Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Lei. So one thing, Dictocube Tokyo is, of course, located in Tokyo area. I am currently expanding my DAO location to local area in Japan Island. One of that is like beachside. Another one is around the Mount Fuji. And then another one is Okinawa area, the, the very small island with a beautiful, of course, oceans. So such area has hotel accommodation and equipment as well, environment as well. So Ray and the audience, when you visit uh, Japan, please contact to me. And then I would like to, you know, take you guys to my maybe community or locations to see beautiful nature. When I'm in Tokyo too, I'm going to hit you up and we'll, we'll go on a tour. I appreciate that. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good rest of your morning and day, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ray. Hey, all you cyberpunk health warriors and nimble digital disruptors. Check out healthunchained.org. And remember to subscribe to Health Unchained on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Join the Health Unchained community on our Telegram group, t.me slash healthunchained. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, your bosses, your teams, your students to listen and subscribe. Thank you.